Hi yogis, welcome back to another episode of uh, Run Yogi Diaries. This is your host Santosh Shiva. I hope you had a wonderful week and you also got some time to play, swim, bike, run, whatever is your thing. Every week I bring you conversations with people who are on a journey of well-being and endurance. I hope they spark some possibility in you, leave you with some tips and perhaps some inspiration to perspire. Hey Karen, welcome to Run Yogi Diaries. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. It's it's a it's such a pleasure. It's a pleasure uh, having you on the show. Uh, you know, you're an accomplished uh, recreational athlete and now a coach. And I was just looking at um, uh, a bit about uh, your own background, right? You so you you describe yourself as a long distance athlete running cycling swimming all of it right, right? <laughs> uh, some of it can do some of us can only do one or the other but you've done it all um you've been doing this for many many years what but 20 plus years i guess yeah. right or more uh probably about 25 years you know between uh, not the swimming as much but definitely cycling and then morphing it into running and then adding the swimming now so yeah 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 <laughs> and um you're a life coach now focusing on mental fitness and performance um and uh, you help people create a path for success uh through through these uh, methodologies uh you have a background in accounting of course from a professional point of view um what else um uh, you call you you're called a motivator queen <laughs> that's a nice that's a nice one <laughs> and um, and you live in um, uh the bay area the west the west coast of the country I, do. i live right? i live north of the bay area i live up in auburn california right 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 yeah. and um well welcome to the show karen and uh, interestingly uh, your your uh, uh the the other half of your uh, uh, your life is also a south asian <laughs> so we'll <laughs> maybe get to speak to speak about that as well yeah, yeah. so uh, did i miss anything I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Pretty good in a All nutshell, right. yeah. Yeah, perfect. So, Karen, obviously, you know, uh, we're here to find out about uh, your journey and you know what what you've learned through the through your many years of uh, what you've been doing in the endurance side. Maybe we should start off from do a bit of a flashback, you know, and start off. Uh, where it all started you know like how you have these flashback in movies you go back and do a black and white <laughs> <laughs> how it all started and what got you started in the first place in in fitness and all of that stuff sure um so where i grew up in my real younger years in my early um elementary days is in a town called Covina in southern california and we were fortunate to have a custom built house but backed up to our house was rolling hills. And mm. I think that was the first of my um curiosities and adventure because there was a fence around our house but on the other side were cows and horses and goats and whatnot. But there was a an array of hills to go climb and so I would just take off. And here I am like 7 years old, 8 years old and I would just be so curious and I would just go. I always come home and got in trouble but I still did it. <laughs> and then um I remember having a bicycle and just bicycling all over the place just as a little kid on those little Schwinn bikes. And so I think that was the beginning of 
a life I never really knew I was going to be living. Um, mm. So yeah, my curiosity for adventure, I think started, was definitely started in my youth. Uh, nice. Yeah. And so. Nice. And this was what, what uh, you're talking about the seventies or eighties? <laughs> about the 60s <laughs> oh okay well that's that's a you know that's a testimonial uh to to what you're doing right isn't it because uh you're still doing it you're still running ultras yeah uh you're still a you know uh, a mean endurance machine for a lack of a better word which says a lot about your fitness which is awesome right, right. uh you know um yeah so that that's that's actually a compliment thank you so much i um, kind of like to add to that, what you just said, when I had, um, I have three children that I raised and I mm. started off in the gym because I felt I needed to stay strong and, um, fit to be able to stay up with them. <laughs> so yeah. that was another creative in my lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. That's a great tip. That's a great tip for all, for all the mothers out there. Absolutely. Uh, right. Right. And if there's one, one reason you want to get fit, Hey, could be just being a great mother. <laughs> Why not, right? Absolutely, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, getting back to the flashback and your story. Uh, so you, you know, you grew up being an active, uh, you know, kid, and and then what happened? Did did it all vanish once uh, work started, or did you continue? So I guess, like I said, I got into the gym, and then as years advanced and. Things happened. Um, my middle child was about 10. And my mother had passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease. And so my brothers and I and my son and his cousin, we all rode the MS-150 ride. And we rode mm. it from Phoenix to, I believe, Parker. And when I did that, I had given him my mountain bike that I was riding and I, I found this little Terry road bike that I got on and we all of us rode it. And um, I just had the most amazing experience and that hooked me into cycling. And so nice. then when I came back to California, at that time I was living in Arizona, then I came back to California, I got involved in the bike clubs. I got inspired to ride a hundred miles. I thought that would be the biggest thing ever I do in my life. Well, then, you know, you're inspired by other people and I'm riding 200 yeah. miles and now I'm riding the triple crowns. Um, I did win the triple crown one year in 97 or 98, I believe, which is mm. three having the fastest times in three of the double centuries um, that wow. were in California. And then again, being inspired by somebody else, I was told about the randoneering and I started researching that and listening to people's stories. And then I got into randoneering and I've done three 1200 kilometer rides. And to do that, you had to qualify with the 200, 300, 400 and 600 K rides. Wow. And so my first one was um, the Davis Bike Club put on their very first 1200 K called the Gold Rush. We rode from Davis to the Oregon border and back. Wow. And then I went to France and the biggest um, 1200K, epic 1200K to ride is Paris to Brest, back to Paris. And then the last one I rode was Montreal, Boston, Montreal. Wow. Yeah. So so um, uh, tell us a little bit about these rides, right? Uh, so you said, first of all, you got to qualify for this. Uh, right. Uh, so is, is, that, um, is that because they don't want to have a lot 
too many cyclists at the same time and no uh, it was more i think they didn't want to make sure you could complete them and there wasn't hmm. it wasn't um out of anybody's reach uh the 1200 k's we had 90 hours to complete it and okay. the 600 k was half of that i had 45 hours to complete it so it's plenty of time um we are all to be self supporting so we have hmm. carry or you know we find our own food we find our own rest we find our and we do sleep um it's just hmm. how do you manage your time in that amount of hours and so it's amazing what it's amazing what you can do when you put your mind to it it's amazing yeah. how well um you can still ride after all those miles and it's not um the other thing that uh the randonneurs the reason for the randonneur to to qualify is because you can build up in the miles to be mm -hmm. able to accomplish the 1200k yeah and so um yeah and and these are uh, primarily on uh, you know county roads and what kind of roads do you ride this 1200 kilometers yeah do you hit the freeway at all no 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 no, no not at all right no, no, no. so it's mostly county roads yeah. or rural roads right, yeah. and 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 do you have sag support or uh, you no your sag own support no sag um you carry your own stuff mm. um for the davis bike club did a great job of supporting the riders in the sense that they had that where they had what they called controls which mm. we may look at as an aid station uh okay they had food there for us beds there for us and mm. um we served ourselves and slept if we needed to and on and on in france we found they did have controls and they had food there but for sleeping and what not we had to rent you know our own hotels which is really interesting because you'd get a group of individuals who'd ride different speeds you know so the guys yeah. who were way ahead of us we all would rent the same hotel room and yeah. then it'd be gone by the time we went and slept we'd be gone by the next people slept yeah yeah so it's pretty it was it was it's pretty it's pretty fun it's really a lot of fun um yeah. so yeah and you have you know so many hours to complete it in so and it's not yeah. a race no way is yeah. it a race um but people do race it you know that the hardhead people really those guys yeah. really go out and race it, see how fast they can do it <laughs> Yeah yeah some people just can't be anything but competitive right right uh, they have to be so so 90 hours would mean like uh, approximately what about 120 uh, kilometers a day you will need to on an average cover right uh, to do the 1200 kilometers yeah and so um, we did it in 80 that's see the gold rush i did in 72 hours hmm. and my i slept twice We started at six o'clock at night, so mm. I rode all the way to the next night, and I slept. Probably, I was probably there for like four to five hours, mm. which ended up being way too long. And then mm. my next sleep was the next night, probably the next the next morning at two o'clock in the morning. We slept two hours, and got up, mm. had coffee, ate, and left. And the theory is, is that um, sleeping. Your, your two, the first two hours of your sleeping is going to be your deepest sleep mm. and the rest of it is more dreaming. And so if you can just sleep solid for two hours and then someone wakes you up and gets you going, mm. you're fresh. So I, I was able mm. to complete that in 72 hours. Um, and that takes in all the sleeping, all the stopping, all the everything. So, wow. um, and then Paris, Brest, Paris was more about having fun. 
So we, they had three groups start. I forget. I think the first group was 72 hours. The second group was 84 hours. And the third group was 90 hour. That's how much time Mm. we got. So I did the 84 hours and we finished in 82 hours, but had the time of my life. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, It sounds, that sounds fun. It sounds something like I, I, I would want to do. And, and what kind of bike? Do you just take a regular road bike or the hi- hybrid? What kind of bike is best for this? something like this? So I'm going to, I rode a regular road bike mm. and I put um, a bag on it so I could okay. carry some of my clothing stuff and whatnot. Right. Um, my crazy friends rode a fixed gear. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I can do a fixed gear for 200 miles, but not for 1200 K. <laughs> wow. Wow. And what about, um, fueling, you know, um, did, did you eat every one hour, a couple of hours? How did you, how did you uh, do, was, is there a formula for it? So I always carried food with me, food, like, um, a food drink, or electrolytes or some mm-hmm. gels or something in my pocket to supplement me between the controls. Or we mm-hmm. stopped at a store and bought something. Okay. In France, you have women cooking pies for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so people along the course are there to support you and give you all the food or beds you need to have. Wow, this sounds so much yeah, fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And then the rides that they do also normally, the San Francisco Mountaineers, all of their controls are at a safe way. So, no. and you're responsible for buying your own food. And so, but to, to check on that control, you get a card. And to, to verify that, you have to get a receipt, which will have the day and time that you were there. Mm-hmm. And so, wow. and um, on the um, PVP and the big, the goal, the uh, 1200Ks, they'll give you a card that will need mm. to get stamped. So it says what time you got there. And that you were nice. there, so there's some there's some little rules that go along with that. Um, mm. Who else? Uh, so there's a San Francisco randonneurs. There's the Gold Davis randonneurs. I'm sure there's an LA. I'm sure it's Texas. I mm-hmm. think I don't know if Arizona does. Uh, maybe in Tucson. Mm. Um, so I know Florida. Um, they're they're all over the U.S. All oh, right. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So. Well, this uh, so that's uh, so you're a you're a high, you know you're a long distance bicyclist, yeah. and then um, and then what happened? Uh, how did how did, how did running enter your picture? I got a stupid <laughs> idea. <laughs> My girlfriend and I said it was in 2000. We thought, okay, it's 2000. Maybe we should run a marathon. And I wasn't a runner, and I didn't mm. claim ever to be a runner for many years. Uh, so we started training for in August for the CIM and my first mile, I thought that was the worst thing I ever thought of. <laughs> and this is, this is coming from someone who is a pretty, you know, uh, trained, uh, you know, long distance cyclist, right? So you have endurance already built in. I have endurance, but the pounding on the ground. Oh my gosh, mm. the bike was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. But it tells you. I look back on all this, it tells you that sometimes we don't really know our potential. Mm. And we'll talk about that later, what my coaching is about. And that's Mm. the realization. 
we wake up to, I mean, I never thought I'd ride a hundred miles. I thought that was a stupid thing. I live on 200 miles. So, mm -hmm. okay. So to Indy in uh, 2000, we thought, okay, let's run a marathon. And so mm -hmm. we ran the CIM. And so then I stopped running. I kept riding my bike. I kept doing the brevets and whatnot. And then, but then every year I would train and do the CIM. And one year I came upon these guys, crazy guys, mm -hmm. um, fun telling jokes the whole time happened to work close to me. I worked for the city of West Sacramento. They worked right across the river for the city of Sacramento. Mm. And now I've got a group of running people to train with. Mm. And within that group, uh, we trained for CIM. I learned how to do intervals. I learned how to do tempo runs. I learned all this stuff and then went from hating it to really enjoying it. Mm. <laughs> and then, um, Somebody in that group said, let's do a 50K. Then somebody in that group said, let's do a 50 miler. <laughs> and, so, and then um, the 50 miler, the buddy that I did that with, he was talking about the, we did the uh, Rio del Lago um, AR50. Hmm. And um, in 2008, and he was saying something about TRT50. And so mm. after I finished AR-50, the next morning, I just was so excited. I finished 50 miles. I thought that was the biggest thing ever. So I signed mm. up for the TRT-50. At the TRT-50, I met a friend of mine, Nancy, um, uh, Diane Forrest, said, hey, mm -hmm. I have somebody I want you to meet, mm -hmm. Rajiv Patel. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was running oh, the TRT-100. Mm. And so he and I started chatting uh, he looked me up and said, Hey, why don't you run Rio? De you could run a hundred. I'm like, no, I can't. He goes, yes, you can. <laughs> so he goes, um, let's run Rio del Lago. I'll run with you. Mm. So in 2008 was my first hundred mile race. Wow. Oh, that was the hardest thing I ever did. <laughs> wow. And wow. then. 2009, I went down to help Rajiv with his Ruth Anderson, mm -hmm. and that's where I met Natu. All right, <laughs> that's 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 where the running romance started. Yes, it um, started that. It, well, we didn't know it was starting. That was the fun part mm. of it. That was the exciting part of it. But he was running, and I was working. I was working the 50k line, so he was running it, and he okay. was supposed to do 100k and bailed into the 50k. Well, okay. it ended up that, you know, that, and then that, then that's how we met. Um, All right. And then he's got, when we were sharing our stories right out the gate, you know, he's going on this whole resume of all these heck of runs, bad water, blah, 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 all he's done. And I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about you? Well, 1200 Ks. And then the year we were met, I was trying to do, see if I could do the, 50K with a 200K bike ride, a 50-mile run with a 300K bike ride and a 100-mile, um, let's see, yeah, a 50-mile run with a 300 or 400K bike ride and then wow. a 600K with a, yeah. So, um, yeah, this 600K with a 100K with a 100K run. And so um, he, for, for, for the average for, for the average person, that's like, okay, it's a lot of K's. Okay, got it. <laughs> that's a lot of K's. 
that was my curiosity of how well our body can hold up. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. come up with that curiosity till later on in my little running career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's uh, the, the other thing, you know, I think in in your case which is um which I want to call out is uh, being a cyclist and a runner probably is a good thing because you're also, you know, kind of it's a complementary sport uh, from a fitness point of view. Right. Because uh if you're just a pure runner and you know all you're doing is running um I don't know if that's uh, necessarily good uh, for the body long term, but if you're doing the kind of cycling you were doing, it, it's a great compliment, right? Right. I think the, all the lifting I did, the weightlifting I did was a good core start for everything that I was getting myself into that I didn't know I was getting myself into. <laughs> um, but yes, you're right. I always do better. I feel stronger running due to the compliment of the bike. Yeah. 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 And, and what year did you uh, become uh, Karen Bonnet to Karen Bonnet Natraj? When did I become that? Yeah. 2015. June, June 21st, 2015. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Terrific. Terrific. That, that, that's so wonderful. Um, so you met Natraj. You got, Rajiv's gotten you into this, uh, you know, ultra scene. And did you just continue to do many more of those hundred milers, or did you? Uh, was it more of a cycling, marathons, and hundred milers? How did that kind of evolve for you? I got a two into riding with me because he said he always wanted to ride, so we got him a bike, and he did. Okay. He did some of the the brevets. They're called brevets. The two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, six hundred k's. They were called brevets. Um, so he did some of that with me. And then he, um, then I started doing more hundreds and we did the Havelina mm-hmm. hundred in 2009 together. Um, mm-hmm. That was our first hundred together. And then after that, we just kept signing up for hundreds. And mm-hmm. because of him, I run all these hundreds, <laughs> just got hooked on that. But I still ride. He doesn't ride as much anymore, ma- mainly for time wise, because he's right, still working. Right. But I still right. ride just because I also am training for the Ironman and that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So that's another one. Right. <laughs> so, the, so there's also an Ironman that that came in uh, around this time. I think I did my first. I think it might have been 2004. I don't know why I did this. I don't, sometimes I don't understand myself. But I signed up for the Vine Man. But this was mm. a half Ironman. And I did the Vine Man with little to no training in the water. Mm. Oh my gosh, that was horrible. And so then after that, um, I don't know, I got caught up with some running buddies who were doing triathlons and they kept talking me into the Vine Man, kept talking me into Iron Man. And then somehow I connected with the Asha team mm. in the Bay Area and we were training for the Tahoe Iron Man. Hmm. And that group would have been Rajiv Char and mm-hmm. Venki and Ragu and Deepa and um, uh, Shakri, her husband, and I'm not sure who else would be there. But oh my gosh, that's where the that's where the connection with that whole community started. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's quite amazing. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of uh, you know. Uh, 
the ultra runners uh, from the bay area yeah. in the podcast it's it's fascinating how you built a wonderful community and right. it it kind of propels each other to do more and better i mean uh, i i had no idea uh, you know it's 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 a, it's a new thing right uh, uh, for for us culturally as south asians uh, it's not something that we've traditionally done this is a new domain um, and it's so nice to see all of you kind of build that community and do it uh, the way you do it in, right. in the west coast right well it's it's beautiful to see it expanding so much too yeah yeah because you know too used to talk how he never saw any he was like the only Indian out yeah. there. And so, yeah. but that's getting larger and larger. And it's really yeah. great um, to seeing them getting more and more um, active and participating and stuff. And yeah. Asha has a great, um, a great purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's very fun. It's very, and it's very exciting. And I've always, I've always been amazed in life of who I come across Mm-hmm. I used to take off on bike rides and just like ball by myself, but in an event, yeah. by, by the end of the event, I made like two or three more new friends and just yeah. the, the, our, our community just keep growing and growing. And that's just exciting. Yeah. 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 So uh, in your case, um, have you, have you dealt with um, like a lack of motivation? You know, you've done these big rides and you've, you've done these big runs, hundred milers, but have you ever at point at a point felt that why am I doing all this? You know, uh, why not I just watch TV and relax? <laughs> have you ever felt that? No. Um, what what happens with me is I'm inspired to see what more I can do, hmm. and I I have um, had years where I do. Well, one year I was signed up and I was in the Grand Slam, which is four 100s. It was the Western States. Uh, I did Vermont, uh, Leadville, and Wasatch was part of that group. And then that same year I did um, the Boulder Ironman. This was in 2015. Um, Mm. And I got a slot for Kona. Wow. But then in Wasatch, I had completed... Western States in 27 hours, I believe. I completed mm. the Vermont 100 in 23-something, which mm. I thought was pretty amazing. It was just a month later. I'd never done anything like this before. And then um, Leadville, I completed under the 30. That was a really tough one. Wasatch, they put us on a trail that was falling apart. And mm. I was about 10 miles into the race and I was on that trail having a good old time. And the, I fell in a hole and Ooh. broke my ankle and Ouch. had a high ankle sprain. So that was the end of that grand slam. But then mm. I'm, I was intrigued. Uh, I I've healed from that and obviously I'm back. Um, um, but I didn't get to do well, I didn't get to do Kona. Oh. <laughs> I was pretty, now I have to call for that again. Um, but I'm intrigued with, and I said it earlier, but more in, it came more of an awareness for me in life mm. as I'm, um, as the days are going by and the years are going by. There's this phenomena of my age getting older. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's I don't feel that, and I don't. I believe we create a limiting belief when we allow our age to say, "Oh, I can't do this," and so yeah. I've never had that mindset, and now I. I'm intrigued with, I was intrigued um, 
2017. I think it was in 2018. I was intrigued. Can I do Havelina, which is the end of October, and Rio del Lago, which is the first of November? They're back to back hundreds. Mm. And I knew how to run Havelina because I ran it like nine times at that time, eight or nine times. I knew how to run it and recover from it and then step out and run another hundred. Wow. And I've done that three times now. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, um, speak to us a little bit about what is your strategy for recovery? I mean, uh, is this, are you specially gifted for this kind of endurance or are you doing something that's, you know, keeping you healthy, keeping you, you know, capable of doing this kind of endurance? For, for, for a lot of folks who are listening to this and maybe this is not even in the realm of you know, possibility. Oh, sure. Uh, what would your advice be? My first advice is never believe anything's impossible. Mm, it's like a mindset. It's a mindset. It's not yet. Mm. And so ask yourself, what is it holding you back? What are you afraid of? So mm. um, it was interesting. Um, I have a super healthy lifestyle mm. and, and how I eat. Uh, mm. I eat clean. I eat 80% vegetarian, but then I st- we still mm. throw some meat in there. Um, I sleep good. I don't require eight hours of sleep all the time, but I mm. can six is good. Um, when I did the back-to-back hundreds, I mm. did Epsom salt baths, which is really good for mm. getting the, the muscles to heal and recover faster. I did mm. that two or three days in a row. And then I rolled, I stretched. Yoga is really good. It's, it's back to that cross training. I didn't ride a bike. Mm. Um, if I ever did, I would have been on my trainer just to stretch out my back. Cause the bike is really mm. good for me to stretch out my hips and stretch out my back, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then just rested and ate well, hydrate well. Mm. all week long because the first time I did that, I had no idea how I would feel. I have never ran a hundred another hundred miles a weekend mm. after. Yeah. But yeah. then when I did it, I started running and I was like, wow, I felt so good. Wow. And then I just managed myself throughout. I never went beyond trying to race mm. somebody and trying to catch them and go beyond mm. And I have a tendency of, I'm very good at that in the sense that I stay very steady throughout a whole race. Mm. And then um, managing our mindset is 80% of it, Mm. (laughs) is 80% of it. And when we feel that we, when we start doubting ourselves and when we start, you know, thinking it's impossible and I can't do that, what makes you really believe that? What is Mm. that really about? I never believed I could ride a hundred miles. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing. Mm. I never believed I could do this. And then w- when we step beyond and challenge ourselves beyond our comfort zone, yeah. that's where our growth is. Yeah. Makes, makes sense. Makes sense. And and you said um, you, you eat clean. So what is eat clean for you? Organic, mm. a lot of vegetables. Mm. I ha- normally have a huge salad at lunch with, avocado and fruits and vegetables and everything in it. Um, uh, (laughs) Being married to Natu, (laughs) I never in life had ghee before. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and listening to your one podcast about the neuroscience guy, he was talking about nutrition and he mentioned yeah. ghee. I'm like, no, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, turmeric and curry yeah. and um, all the all the Indian spices, they're super yeah. healthy for you. And I never yeah. grew up with that stuff. And how grateful I was so just so I think it's so awesome that, you know, for him, his lifestyle, you know, catered to that. And so he yeah. makes a lot of our, our vegetable dishes. Okay. And so uh, you always eat a sweet potato, <laughs> which is super, super healthy for your liver, for your gut. Mm. Um, and so I did a lot of uh when we're put in situations that challenge us physically, sometimes for me, I, I research and find out how can I get healthier, be healthier mm. and healthier. And so when I had the, I wouldn't say the opportunity <laughs> to have shingles, that's when I got into about my body and why did I get mm. shingles and researching all that and, and how my immune system was and, um, the Epstein's bar virus I learned about and I uh, learned about m more on the energy. And that's where mm. I, that's where I got myself into Reiki and the energy healing. Um, and so from that, I have a lot more mindfulness about what goes inside my body mm. that, and I know I don't eat candies and high sugar stuff and, and mm. what that all does to our bodies. And so, um, mm -hmm. If I can keep doing this for many more years, yeah. that'd be exciting. <laughs> and you also spoke about uh, sleep. Um, so uh, do you quantify sleep? Do I quantify it? Yeah. I mean, like, do you uh, measure quality of sleep or is it just, uh, uh, do you sleep by, how do you measure you've had a good sleep? Do you sleep? How I wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um okay. Sometimes though I am, uh, when I'm running hundreds, I sleep, usually the first night's not a good sleep. And so it takes mm. me a couple nights to, for the body to settle down into it. Mm. I'm mm. better at it than I was when I first started running the hundreds. Mm. Um, it's important for us to get the amount of rest that our bodies require. That's how our bodies um, recover faster. Mm. And I don't a lot of times I won't sleep with an alarm. I'll let my body wake myself up. But yeah. I do find when I get a lot of sleep, like eight hours or more, I can handle a couple of nights of that. I just have so much energy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's six hours I'm awake. And so I, um, and then sometimes I am forcing myself to get up because I get up early in the morning and swim. Mm -hmm. But when I know that it's like, I need to sleep more, I'll sleep more. And okay. it, it is important that we, as, as athletes, as um, we we, it's important where our bodies recover. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think as your journey evolved, you you also developed um, uh, a kind of a, a point of view about wellness, and and you like you were sharing about your uh, encounter with shingles that kind of changed your perspective on health and well being. Uh, and so maybe we should maybe jump into that and uh, uh, and how that kind of evolved into uh, your coaching. And um, so so tell us about that. Well, what what have you discovered? So what I discovered is, and I I um, 
hope you hear this right, is the inspiration that I had for other people. And what mm. I want to qualify that with is when I was working, mm. I was running and I was biking and I always rode my bike to work and I run at lunch and, but I was the only one doing it. And, but mm. over time, it was more just how I showed up that mm. people started migrating. And by the time I retired, I had the whole office running. I put mm. everybody through a half hour, a half marathon to a marathon. <laughs> and so yeah. it was these people that would make these type of comments. Mm. And it was the realization that I enjoyed empowering people to mm. be their potential. Yeah. And where I was at with working was the turn of the market and the finance department kind of not falling apart, but the top, my, my mentor, co my mentor boss left and then mm. us merging with another department that was just awful. Um, my 20 year career turned in the last five years was just, you know, on a downturn. So um, mm. I knew I was not happy and I had talked to some friends of mine. I'm like, well, what is that? And they were life coaches. I'm like, tell me about that. So I started researching it and I came upon a company, the Internet um, Institute of Professional Excellence and Coaching, IPEC, mm -hmm. who offered um, a full on course and cre credentialing for a life coach. But within that credentialing, they had developed this amazing energy assessment mm. and through all my training, I had to do this too. And when I did that, it was just, to me, was mind blowing. And what mm. the assessment told me was, here's your potential, Karen. You're not even living to your potential and here's what's holding you back. Mm. And so that's what, um, so I certified with them and that's the core of my coaching. And I believe in it strongly because we are energy beings. Mm. If you were to walk into a room and you just felt everybody being so negative, you could feel that negativeness coming through. Mm. That's energy. Mm. And sometimes we aren't really aware that that's energy and we just pick up mm. on that. That's our intuitions, our individual intuitions of mm. um, picking up energy. And you can, you can feel the energy. Mm -hmm. And the concept is how our thoughts create our emotions, which create our actions. So a lot of that goes on with people is their thinking. Mm -hmm. And so what the assessment shows is where is what's holding you back? And it's going to be our inner critic, right? Mm -hmm. And so where that took me was further. So what I also do in my coaching is I keep taking these courses. I keep learning more and more and more. And I landed into mental fitness with um, Shirzad uh, Shamani and his book is Positive Intelligence. Mm -hmm. And so I'm merging the mental fitness with the energy because our potential is way up here that we're not getting to, but our mm -hmm. critics and um, our inner critics is what's holding us back with well, I'm too old. I'm not good yeah. enough to do this. I'm too scared. I'm not this. I'm not that. But then the mental fitness takes it further because it identifies deeper what the negative emotions are that hold us back. Mm. And that's going to be, you know, your stress, your anxiety, your frustrations, your anger, avoidance, procrastination, mm. um, just 
in being insensitive to other people, um, discontent. So uh, that mental fitness takes that further. And that's where I put the um, two together. And mm. so I'm also offering, I offer a, a six, uh, is it an eight week pod or an eight week group program that I, that I offer. And then, wonderful, yeah. So, so it seems like um, the, uh, the stimulus for that was your own personal right. breakdown that you were dealing with, right. you know, <clears throat> uh, at your workplace that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, so in your personal experience, this has been, you know, just this point of view of relating to us as energy and, that's been very powerful, and obviously, uh, clearly, it's it's showing on your uh, you know endurance side of the equation because the kind of work, kind of accomplishments you've done over there. So, uh, do you bring that into endurance sports as well? Some of these principles, I do. You do. 2017 would be a prime example of that. Mm. And that's when I, that was the very beginning of my coaching. I hadn't had the mental fitness, but I did have the energy assessment and IPEC and I was certified there. And 2017 was um, when I was like 20 minutes chasing the cutoff from mm. mile 15. Mm. <laughs> and to be able to accomplish that, was on my mindset. And mm. I don't know how many people I passed were like, oh, I can't do this. I don't know why I'm out here. Come on, stay with me. But it was my mindset that shifted to just being in the present moment, connecting mm. with nature, you know, being around, being present, being just within mm. the moment and enjoying the journey and whatever the outcome is going to be, whatever the outcome. Mm. And so I finished it. I had nine seconds to spare. <laughs> it was quite an event and quite an emotional event. But if I hadn't changed my mindset, if I mm. hadn't had the tools I had, I would have been in the, I, I wouldn't have finished. There's no way because our mindset is 90% of our success. 10% yeah. is physical. Yeah. yeah. The, was this the uh, 100 miler? Hmm. The Western States 2017. Okay. You guys can look that up. You guys can go to 2017 Western States Finisher. There's going to be an interesting movie. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? I mean, uh, uh, what? I mean, you you doing that the third time. So you're obviously an experienced runner there. What happened? Exactly. Doing it for the third time. It was like... Um, what happened was there was the year that there was so much snow mm. and it snowed like a week, the second week of June or the first week of June. And then right before the week before Western States, Western States is the last Saturday of the month, last, mm. no, no, the last full weekend of June. And it got really hot. So what that did was create a lot of melting, but it was not, the snow on top, it was mm. rivers, there was ice bridges. So we had um, snow and ice to climb up the escarpment for the first four miles, which is a 2,500 foot climb. Mm. After that, I dealt with mud, snow, ice. The mud was up to my thighs and plunging wow. through this for a good 15 miles. 
And then I just stayed within feeling fine. I mean, I just didn't go out over to push myself harder with, you know, not trying to injure myself or whatever. It was, it was horrendous, but I moved through it. And then um, by the time I got to mile, it was, um, um, I can't think of the aid station. Red Star was the first one. I was 20 minutes past the cutoff and I'm thinking, okay, I can do this. But then I was never, when I got to Robinson Flat, I had snow for the first 30 miles. And Robinson Flat is at around 30 miles. Mm. And it was just, the rivers were up to my shoulders. <laughs> the mud was up <laughs> to my thighs. The snow was the same. And there was rivers where there shouldn't have been rivers. <laughs> it was, just, it was wow. a horrendous. And then after that is the canyons and they had record heat. And so... Um, I remember crying, I seen it too. I'm crying out of that aid station. Am I going to make it? And then I'm heading out um, to the to the canyons and the last aid station is called Last Chance. And I realized I didn't have my lights. And I realized it was like five o'clock at night. There's no way I'm getting to Michigan Bluff by 730 where my lights were. And so I had to get through two major climbs. Um, it was... There, it's tough. It's it's a tough canyon area, mm. and that's where I got my mind off my watch and just really started to enjoy the journey. And I just mm. did my best, and I got to the top of the Michigan Buff climb before you drop down to the aid station, just before it turned dark. <laughs> wow! I was determined not to run the dark. I had nothing for light. And then I'm thinking, oh, I could sit down and the two will do that. And I get in there and the two yells at me, get out of here. <laughs> and then Paul goes with me, my brother. And then he just pulls me. I mean, we worked hard through mm. the whole night. And then um, I'm still 20 minutes from the cutoff. And I'm getting closer and closer. And then we get to um, No Hands Bridge. And the aid station was gone, meaning I was about at the cutoff. But the volunteers mm. stayed there and cheered me on. And Paul told me I had 57 minutes to get to the finish. And in the depths of my heart, I'm crying. I was like, I, mm. I have no idea. But Paul, make me run everything with two. The switch packs, I'll hike as best I can. I'll just do my best. And I was so zoned in on this green shirt, <laughs> so zoned in on my brother that I didn't know who was around me because people came down from the Roby aid station and Paul's going, what's the cutoff here? And she's saying, there's no cutoff, but we want them here 20 minutes. I had 17 minutes. And mm. then I had another tough climb and then the downhill to on Finley Street, which I had this entourage of people running with me. And I have no idea who they were because I was just so stressed. <laughs> mm. So emotionally clicked into my brother. And yeah. then um, he wanted me two minutes on the track. I got there in a minute and a half, I think. And I was nine seconds. Wow. From 30 hours. Yeah. So is that by far you, the, the toughest? That's the toughest thing I've ever toughest done. Race. I will never mm. want to do that again. <laughs> it it was an emotional experience. It was an out-of-body experience. It was an emotional experience. It was, um, 
first time running a hundred is one thing. I mean, just like mm. your first marathon, you cry at the end. Where does that come from? But this was emotional from Robinson flat to the finish Robinson. So that mm. was a good 70 miles of emotion and everything I went through. And then my brother just pushing me through it mm. rather pulling me through it. So yeah, that was the toughest thing I'd ever done. So did it change you in any way, this experience? Yeah. Um, I became famous for some reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> Darren and uh, Melissa were on our in our living room posting the video. <laughs> wow. And then my Facebook blows up. <laughs> um, yeah, it's gotten me a reputation and, and it's all good. And I'm... Mm. I'm, uh, I know it's been, it's been an inspiration for many other people hmm. and that is a blessing. And I'm glad if I can inspire people to believe in themselves and hmm. be a master of the journey and not look at your performance. Yeah. It's amazing what you'll accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Sometimes it's these tough uh, events or incidents that, uh, you know, kind of open up new pores of right. being or thinking. Right. right. Uh, when you're pushed, pushed to the limit uh, that you didn't have, or at least you didn't think you had. Right. Um, yeah, quite amazing. That's quite amazing. What's, uh, what's next on the horizon for you? So, I uh, hope to do an Ultraman. That's the, that will be the biggest of the Ironman. And I've trained, I'm training pretty hard in the, in the water. Um, Cause that's going to be my make or break it. But I think I, I feel confident that I can make it. Um, so that will be the, it'll be the Ironman or Ultraman Arizona next March. Okay. So that, so you, you already started training for that? I've been training for it for a couple of years. Cause it was supposed to do it when COVID hit. And so that gave me another year of water training. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I had to cancel it this year because we bought a second house in Flagstaff. So mm -hmm. I was, that was just got into my training and I knew I couldn't pull it off. But I heard that the, the I heard this year, it was the first year doing it. it was, um, was it last weekend or two weekends ago? Um, they canceled the swim. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> it was so windy. But then, you know, two, I want to do the full Ultraman. I want to, yeah. I'd like to be able to do that full accomplishment. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. Terrific. Um, Karen, that is uh, such a wonderful uh, journey, very inspiring. And uh, uh, I think definitely you are a testimonial of if you take care of yourself, uh, you know, you, you can be in this for the long run. Right. Um, you know, it, it has positive impact to your mind, uh, your body. And of course, it has an impact to your uh, overall well-being, and you know the uh, if you want to call it a spiritual experience uh, as well. Absolutely, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, wonderful, yeah. wonderful. So you know, um, uh, coming to the last part of this conversation, where I do a fun Q and A round with my guests. So uh, uh, you ready for that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me get the questions out here. So the first question I have is usually I ask my guests, what's your favorite junk food? But in your case, I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite Indian junk food? 
You know what? I'm going to answer it was my favorite junk food. So it's going to be Rocky Road ice cream. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that something you you treat yourself every every ultra or No, not every ultra, yeah. but maybe a couple times a year. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That this the high, that's heights of self-control. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of self-control. Okay. All right, nice. What's your favorite uh, running gadget or equipment? My Garmin Phoenix 6 Pro Solar Watch. <laughs> nice. So that that is that is that a solar like no charging? No, it just helps. Uh, this should last. It lasts a hundred, so I need a watch that lasts a hundred. Hmm. Um, and it will last. I think I, even after a hundred, I still have maybe twelve percent left on it. Hmm. That's pretty good. So wow. and the solar kind of uh, helps with the battery. It doesn't. I don't. It doesn't charge. Just I think the Garmin. I want to say Instinct might be. One of those garments has just solar charging. Okay. And what's your favorite uh, gadget in bicycling? My tri-bike. Your tri-bike? It's fast. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I want to say my fixed gear. I haven't mm. ridden it for a while. I used to ride it all the time. I love riding a fixed gear bike. And talk about wow. the cross-training. That makes you super efficient. And you're using your legs in a different way. And when I would ride the fixie downhill, I was developing my fast twitch muscles in my legs and I learned how to run downhill faster. Hmm. I'm not as fast anymore because I don't want to break a foot. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, a book or a book that has inspired you in, in your endurance journey or in life in general? Books I read are going to be on um, self-development, you know, spiritual books. Mm. Um, they're going to be, I read a lot of Brene Brown. Um, mm. I was a really wonderful book study. One was with Eckhart Tolle with The New Earth. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I read a lot of those books along that type of. Makes sense. Um, favorite time. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Sunrise. Yeah. Early morning. You start early? Yeah. I love the mornings. Okay. Yeah. How early do you start? Um, sometimes I'm up at four. Mm. I'm swimming by five. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. I used right. to, when I was working, I used to get up at three or four and go ride my bike in the morning before I went to work. Mm. It's before talk about energy. That's when the energy was really clean in the air and it's really calm mm. and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And the last one I have is, um, is if we made a movie of your life, what genre would you place it in? And uh, who would you hire as your uh, actor to play your character? Holy cow. Do you watch movies? Do you enjoy movies? I do enjoy movies. I think it could be adventure comedy. <laughs> mm, that's interesting. That's a first. That's a new one. I never had anyone pick that. Adventure comedy. Yeah, I like that. I love it. Um, I want to say maybe Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Maybe. 
Sandra Bullock, we're sending your script your way. <laughs> Look at your inbox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely would make a great uh, story. What, whatever you've done is a beautiful uh, journey. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure Sandra Bullock will have to work out a lot to get to your level of fitness for sure. And I'm sure she wouldn't mind, given the, what kind of actress actor she is. Right. Awesome. Uh, Karen, uh, we, we covered quite a bit of ground. Um, and thanks for uh, sharing your wisdom and uh, your, your uh, adventures. Um, kind of coming to a, a wrap-up here, any uh, you know, final last message you have for our audience before we call it wraps? Um, pay attention to your mindset. Mm. Pay attention to where and believe in yourself. Because mm. the impossible can make can be turned to the possible. Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. Powerful indeed. Thanks, Karen, uh, for again, um, taking the time out and sharing your story here. Uh, let you go and enjoy the rest of the uh, evening uh, and we'll stay in touch thank you so much it's been very fun thank you right. bye